Ready? And this is the Daily Oz. This is the Daily Oz. This is the Daily Oz. Oh, now it makes sense. Good morning and welcome to The Daily Oz. It is Monday the 26th of February. I'm Billy. I'm Zara. Question time in Australia. The Mr Potato Head of Australian politics. Because I want the to do you slowly. You sit down. Take your best shot. Oh, oh, he was drunk. He's going tropo. This is what it looks like to hold the government to account. Well, at least that's what its aim is, according to the Parliamentary Education Office. There's huge interest in this hour of debate that happens every day at 2pm during parliamentary sitting weeks. And it's where some of the biggest moments in Australia's political history have happened. So does it achieve what its aim is? Well, some independent MPs are questioning whether or not this is actually an effective use of time. We'll look at why in today's Deep Dive. But first, Sarah, what's making headlines? Police are continuing their search for the bodies of a Sydney couple, Jesse Baird and Luke Davies, after a New South Wales police officer handed himself into police on Friday. Police have charged the 28-year-old officer with two counts of murder. Several fertility clinics in the US state of Alabama have paused IVF treatments after the state's Supreme Court ruled that frozen embryos have the same rights as children. The ruling to recognise embryos as human lives puts IVF providers at legal risk if frozen embryos are destroyed. Some clinics will stay open but pause treatments, while others say that they've been left with no choice but to pause IVF treatments for patients. Donald Trump has won the Republican South Carolina primary, beating Nikki Haley in the state that she once served in as governor. Speaking shortly after polls closed, Trump said, I've never seen the Republican Party so unified as it is right now. Haley has confirmed that she will not drop out of the race to become the Republican nominee, despite the defeat in her home state. And today's good news, Qtopia Sydney, the world's biggest queer centre of history and culture, has opened to the public in the lead-up to Mardi Gras. Qtopia said it aims to empower the community through its exhibitions and community storytelling. The Darlinghurst Museum opened on Saturday and entry will be free on Sundays for the next year. Billy, Sam comes back from leave tomorrow and just before he came back, you just really wanted to sneak one episode <laughs> about question time in. Why? Okay, I've been at the Daily Oz for two and a half years and mm-hmm. the whole time I wanted to do an explainer into question time in Australia. But why? <laughs> It's my only question. So for anyone who doesn't know, this is the hour during every sitting week where politicians get to ask government ministers about issues of the day. Sounds reasonable and also probably sounds a bit boring. And for Mm -hmm. the most part, I think for the general public, it probably is. But I have always been fascinated by two things. So firstly, the behaviour of politicians. They shout at each other. Mm -hmm. They call each other names. They are so rude to each other. And if anyone acted how these politicians act in a normal office, you would get fired. (laughs) It is not acceptable to behave this way. 
And the second thing that interests me is the questions that get asked. Half the time, the government is just really just patting themselves on the back. And the other half of the time, they're not really answering the questions that they've been asked. And that is absolutely not unique to the government of today. That is over many governments. Mm -hmm. It has not changed. And so I've always wanted to look into this because I can't be the only one who watches it and thinks this just seems like a weird way of doing things. And so you've had this we'll call it an obsession, we had an <laughs> obsession with Question Time, as you said, for over two years. But then earlier this month, you sent me a frantic Instagram message because you had seen a video that finally gave you your news hook to talk about this on the podcast. It did. Here is a little bit of that video. Question Time is still a complete waste of time. Half the questions, the government just seems to be going on about how great it is. The other half of the questions seem to be complete point scoring. Nobody is really answering the issues that are most important to the Australian people. And frankly, half the time just seems like they're not even answering the question at all. So that's Allegra Spender, and she is a federal independent MP. And she's part of a group of independent MPs who are now leading a push to change question time. And like you said, Zara, I thought that was the perfect in for TDA to go deeper on what is question time, why does it exist, and what is the appetite to change it? And I'm not saying I think it should be changed, (laughs) but I'm just saying what's the appetite? Okay, so before we get into appetites and all that jazz, can we just begin with What is question time supposed to be? What is the actual aim of it? So it's seen as a time for there to be a debate about what the government's agenda is and the political issues of the day. Mm -hmm. And it's seen as a way for the opposition and the crossbench to hold the government of the day to account. My favourite line I found when I was doing research for this was from the Parliament House website and it says, quote, question time is a sign of a healthy democracy where disagreements are vented in debate rather than through more physical confrontations. When you told me this, I thought that you were reading a satirical website and you legitimately got your computer out and showed me that it was a Parliament House website. It actually says that. It literally says that this is a way for people to talk out their differences rather than physically fighting. And I think that we can all agree that it is better than that. It is, but we're also talking about politicians, those who are on, you know, publicly funded salaries and are adults at the very least, and they're being encouraged to have this out with their words and not physically? Yeah, so I think the question is that, yes, it is more effective than them physically fighting, but is it the most effective? Mm, A good question, and I presume that's the basis on which people like Allegra Spender are asking whether things can be done differently. Yeah, so I think that the independent MPs are questioning whether in practice is the government actually being held to account? Mm. Now, I worked with TDA journalist Chloe Christie on this, and she spoke to independent MP Zali Stegall, who is a part of the group of independent MPs working to possibly change this, and here's a little bit of what she said. At the moment, it's kind of a political sort of grandstanding farce between the major parties um, and fairly frustrating to be part of. And look, the Dorothy Dixers, I think at the end of the day, are a waste of time. Okay, so Zali Stegel mentioned Dorothy Dix's there, and this is a crucial part of question time. Mm-hmm. So 
Half the time the opposition or independents or the crossbench are asking questions. But the other half, and this is what we're focusing on now, is when the government is just asking themselves questions. (laughs) And that's what Dorothy Dix's are. So to give you an example, it's basically like if I say to you, Zara, can you please tell me why is TDA so good at podcasts? And well, honourable member, <laughs> we're so good at podcasts because we are the superior media outlet in Australia and we just know how to talk to young people. Thank you for your great question. We will continue to do great work. That How's is that? That is exactly what it's like. And that is half the questions that are asked in question time. Does that all make sense? It does make sense. And I remember learning about Dorothy Dix's when I first begun to understand how our political system worked. And most things, I think, in our parliamentary system have a reason behind them. This feels like a feature that doesn't. It's merely a way for the government to congratulate themselves. And so it's clear that those independent MPs have identified that as an issue. What are some of the other issues that they've spoken about? So another one is how they all speak to each other. They really all just, like I said before, shout at each other. They call each other names. Anthony Albanese famously called Peter Dutton a boofhead. I believe he said, sit down, boofhead. And the speaker is meant to keep them in line, but in practice it can just get pretty messy and that doesn't really happen. Here's what Zali Stegel told Chloe. It's like being in there. It's pretty unpleasant, like it's very noisy and very rowdy when you're on the floor. So I think once you're there, you're a lot more aware of particular members of parliament who heckle and call out quite a lot. And to be fair on the speaker, he can't always see from where he's sitting exactly who's doing the heckling. For the Australian public, it's a lot of people being paid a lot of money to sit there to do nothing of much use. And so I tend to answer all my emails. I do a lot of admin work. We've spent a good portion talking through what the issues are, which are Dorothy Dix's, the idea of asking yourself questions and then answering those questions yourself, and also the conduct of politicians during question time. There must be another side to this, though. Are there any politicians who think that question time is a good use of their time? Yeah, when Chloe and I were working on this, we thought if anyone was going to speak favourably about it, it would probably be a government MP who is asking the questions to make their party look good. And Chloe spoke to Dr Andrew Charlton, who is a government MP, and he said that he does believe it's part of how the government is held to account. Question time is one of the features of that democracy where the government is held to account, but it's an important part of the system that we have in Australia, which ultimately has delivered relatively corruption-free and good government for most of our history. But he also did agree with Zali's point that the actual behaviour can sometimes be very messy. It's the hour that everybody focuses on, but it's probably not the hour where the most productive work happens. To most people, question time probably looks a bit like a schoolyard fight with lots of shouting and and not a lot of productive activity. The reason we have that system is because we believe in holding power to account and holding power to account creates a lot of friction. Uh, Sometimes it wastes a lot of time, but you know, as Churchill said, democracy is a terrible system, but it's better than every other system that we've invented. So what is the appetite for anything to change? I feel like This isn't the first time that an MP has raised concerns, but nothing has changed. What's the chance of anything actually changing? 
Well, there are lots of ideas for how this could possibly change. Both Stegall and Charlton told us some of their own suggestions. Stegall's focus was saying that the government should be required to actually answer the questions more clearly and not be able to just, you know, give these PR answers where there are no follow-ups allowed and they just have to deal with the answer that they're given. We've, as a crossbench, we've written to the leader of the House, Tony Burke, and the Speaker, asking for that, for tighter relevance, interpretation, and follow-up questions. The government has declined to accept our invitation so far. For example, if I've asked a question and I do a point of order to the Speaker to say on relevance, and I point out that the person's still not answering the question, the ability to maybe ask a follow-up question, a tighter question, and really pin them to an answer, I think would be helpful. And Charlton focused more on how the behaviour could change. I think the most basic thing would be to lift standards in question time. Uh, There is too much shouting, too much interjecting. Uh, And one of the reasons for that is the penalties for shouting or being loud or being disruptive in question time are too low. I think we need harsher penalties for people who... Uh, aren't behaving well in question time, and that would help to lift standards and probably make the session more productive. So we'll see what happens, but all in all, Zara, thank you so much for letting me do this topic after (laughs) two and a half years of me pitching it. I always think about what people who are perhaps visiting the country and going to visit Parliament House would think when they sit in the chamber and watch this happen. I always try to see it through their eyes, and it is really just grown adults yelling at one another. So... Definitely room for improvement, I'd say, is my assessment. Not that we're biased. We're not biased, but I think that there have been a couple of issues highlighted here and it'll be really interesting to see whether anything does change or whether this is just a fixture of our parliament. Thank you so much for listening to today's podcast. If you have one minute spare, we would absolutely love if you could fill out our podcast survey. The link is in the show notes. It really helps us understand what it is you like about the Daily Aussies podcast and what it is you possibly don't like. Maybe you don't like question time. (laughs) You can let us know. Thank you so much for listening and we will be back tomorrow. My name is Lily Madden and I'm a proud Aranda, Bunjalung, Kalkadun woman from Gadigal country. The Daily Oz acknowledges that this podcast is recorded on the lands of the Gadigal people and pays respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander nations. We pay our respects to the first peoples of these countries, both past and present.